Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Drop By with Al here at Radio Karam. Today, I'm speaking to two lovely humans, Chris and Eloise. They are new parents, or as they might be called these days, pandemic parents. They've just given birth six weeks ago to a baby girl named Hazel, and we're just going to talk about the whole pregnancy, everything to do with COVID during the pregnancy and how it sort of impacted it and just checking in with how they're going. So let's bring them in. Hello, Chris and Eloise. Hello. Hello. Yeah, good. Thank you. So happy to have you both here. How are you both? Good. Yes. We're um, feeling pretty good. Hazel had a good night's sleep last night, so, ah. so we're good today. <laughs> nice. Very refreshed. And Hazel is currently strapped to you, Eloise, and sleeping nicely. She is, and I'm hoping she stays that way for a little longer. <laughs> yeah, good. How is Hazel going? Yeah, really well. Yeah, so six weeks now, like you said. So starting to get a few little smiles and coos and things like that. So, yeah, she's really good. Oh, beautiful. Nothing better than when they start making funny faces. (laughs) (laughs) Okie dokie. So first thing I want to run through is a mindfulness exercise called Rose Thorn Bud. So, Chris, I'd like you to talk me through your rose first, a highlight success or something positive that's happened this week. Yeah, can do. So uh, this week was my first week back at work after having six weeks paternity leave. So um, I have a, I have a very year road this week, and and that was uh, that was, I was having a first really good night's sleep the night that I uh, night before I went back to work. It was unbelievable. She ended up sleeping um, from sort of ten till five um, without waking up, which was a first for her and unbelievable timing so that was a that was a standout for me I wasn't I wasn't too much of a zombie on my first day back oh amazing she knew she did it for you didn't she (laughs) absolutely Eloise your rose um I think along similar lines I think Chris going back to work this week and um my first couple of days running solo just Hazel and I and and surviving yeah (laughs) and killing it That's good. That's really, really nice to hear. How has work been, Chris? Obviously, I haven't been there long. Yeah, it's um, it, sort of straight back into the deep end. Coming, uh, arriving to 670 emails is a little bit daunting, but um, <laughs> yeah, I guess just working through it. Um, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'm I'm working from home this week. I'll be back on on campus next week, so um, it's not too bad. At least I can be here as a as an emergency backup in case something goes wrong. Yeah, good, good. All right, now hit me with your thorn, a challenge you experienced or something you could use support with from this week. We'll go with you, Chris, first. Oh, I think a challenge, it's really just been um, navigating that that back-to-work scenario. The first six weeks we've been able to do everything together at our own pace uh, and figure things out, whereas the pressures of external life have, have come in this week. So yeah, that's sort of been, that's definitely been the main challenge for sure. Yeah. And fair enough too. I'm sure it'll fall into place like, and it'll really even out and you'll find that balance nicely as well. Eloise. Yeah, I think, yeah, probably along similar lines to the positive one, I was surviving by myself, but also that's been challenging as well. And, you know, not always, like if Chris is in a meeting or something, I can't just um, call out for some help or whatever if I've got a crying baby and, you know, I've got to go to the toilet or something like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just those little things of navigating kind of everyday life, I suppose, um, yeah, with just myself for help, really. Yeah, the juggling, absolutely. Yeah, that's it, yeah. 
Absolutely. So, and the final one, a bud. So, something you're looking forward to, or any any new ideas? Yeah. So, um, as Eloise mentioned before, that the smiles and the coups are starting. Um, but as as most people will know, the the smiles in the early days are normally gas related. So, <laughs> uh, it's nice to have some some genuine smiles come our way um, over the last couple of days, and I can see. I'm really enjoying um, watching that develop and, and making funny faces at each other. That's good. Amazing, amazing. Eloise? Um, I think I'm probably I'm starting in the mothers group next week. Oh. So I think, um, yeah, getting to meet some first-time mums in our local area um, with kids the same age, I think that will be really nice and having that, um, yeah, expanding the social network, I suppose, with people in a similar um, stage of life, I think, will be really exciting. So, yeah. Absolutely. And sharing the stories that you guys have probably just been through as well um, will be yeah. a really nice community for you. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm, so pregnant in a pandemic has a nice ring to it, that's for sure. <laughs> Did you think about being pregnant right now in a pandemic and lean into it or it was just the next step in your relationship and it just so happened to be lockdown? Yeah, I think um, it was probably definitely just the next step for us. Um, we were, Chris is 36, I'm 31. We've sort of, you know, happy um, with where our careers are at and had um, been able to do some really good travelling over the years and we're lucky enough to have a, a nice big Europe holiday in 2019. So um, we, were, we were sort of ready um, in 2020 anyway to sort of start trying and and head down down that path so yeah so it was definitely the next step for us yeah awesome so talk to me about trying for the baby we have spoken prior and you did have a miscarriage talk me through this yeah yep so it was um the first sort of big lockdown we had um, kind of around the August, September mark in 2020. And we fell pregnant really quickly, like first go. And, um, you know, it all sort of happened really, really fast. I was about five weeks when I found out um, we were pregnant. And then um, by six weeks, unfortunately, um, the miscarriage had sort of happened. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was really challenging, I think, um, particularly just because, you know, we hadn't had any friends that had had miscarriages that we were aware of mm. um, and didn't really know much about it, but subsequently have, you know, found out that it, it happens to one in four women, which we, we sort of didn't know the statistics were that high until it happened to us. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so it's really, really common. And, um, yeah, that was really tricky in, in lockdown and particularly, you know, you, in my particular case, I had to have quite a few ultrasounds and, ended up having a DNC procedure at the end in, in hospital mm -hmm. um, and Chris wasn't able to come uh, to any of those appointments or, or to the procedure. So I think that was really, really challenging doing that side of it alone, um, you know, something that you you haven't been through before and it's really emotional and you haven't got that um, present support of, of your partner in hospital. Yeah. Um, when you're going through something like that. Was yeah, and, and we, we couldn't even have sort of people visit after the fact either where it was it was um strict lockdown at that stage so look it was it was nice to receive you know sort of um flowers, flowers every 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 hour for a couple of days <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah tough tough not being able to have you know even close family over um that was really tough yeah at a real time of need as well when you're mm -hmm. like 
eager and you like need that support from everyone. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Chris like right in the moment and he's not even allowed in. And that's yeah. that was all because of COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh, that must have just been so, so difficult. Luckily, mm-hmm. like you're you know, you've really come through it now and come out better. But, yeah, sorry sorry to hear that, Eloise and Chris. Yeah, like, that's you. a really hard time. Yeah. Um, but we've got a little bundle of joy now. So Exactly. So it's all worked out. It's beautiful. So this is your first baby and obviously going through this pregnancy in a pandemic, do you think if you were to have another baby, I'm not saying, oh, my gosh, have another one. But if you were, do you think it would be completely different, like just utterly so, so, so different to this pregnancy that you've gone through now because of the pandemic? Yeah, I think there's definitely some things that would be different, like in terms of, you know, being able to attend appointments in person Mm. and um, having Chris um, or your your partner be able to attend with you, I think would be really different um, and better. Um, And I think just little sort of fluff things like, you know, having a baby shower and um, a baby moon and those sorts of things um, would be a little bit different as well. yeah. Yeah. I think we had um, you know, it, it's Eloise mentioned the Europe holiday, which was a big ticket item for us. Um, but we were sort of considering other um small experiences and things we wanted to tick off before taking the plunge. So um mm-hmm. I guess not really not really FOMO um going into it, but just making sure um certain things, you know, even even a couple of last minute winery lunches, just the two of us, we we had had those in mind and they <laughs> just the fun just the fun stuff. Um so we kind of missed out on that a little bit, but we sort of had to pull our heads in and just think, you know, we've had eleven years of <laughs> good yeah. lunches together. Maybe we can just, you know, but re- just enjoy one more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's okay, I'll babysit any time. <laughs> Um, speaking of baby showers and things, I do want to go through a couple of little pros and cons, which you've already been talking about, but I do want to go through a few of the cons first, um, about having a baby during COVID. Um, you've touched on some already, obviously Chris not being able to come to some appointments is a big one. Did you feel disconnected talking to Pete, talking to your um, doctors and nurses over telehealth, et cetera. Yeah, I think, um, how, how did you feel, Chris? Obviously fine for me, but <laughs> having you on the phone. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, there were a few appointments there at the hospital where you had to sort of be on loudspeaker, um, which we, which wasn't ideal. Luckily, they were just um, uh, standard check check procedures that um, didn't seem too, too much of an issue for me not to be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was tough, and I think I think more so um, now that we're out the other side as well, navigating things. Um, even though Hazel's here now, we still need to think about you know um, vaccinations in terms of who who we who were around, um, distancing, and and how 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 far we go with letting people hold her, kiss her, that sort of thing. It's yeah. um it's very tough to to navigate. Um, we had you know initial concerns with you know, read certain things and, and asked for expert advice on that. But it's it's really not as clear cut as we'd like it to be. So there has been some hesitation on that to, mm. um, to navigate through that, starting with obviously wanting close family to be as close as possible early on. But then 
wanting to get to a certain point where we're really comfortable um, as well. So that, that's been really tough. Yeah. And I think you, as the parents being comfortable to have control and make those decisions, did you feel like, I think this last sort of six weeks and now opening up a bit more for you guys in if it was in the thick of the lockdown, you've got full control. But now do you have people sort of pestering going, when can I see Hazel? When can I see the baby? And you're like, oh, am I not ready yet? Like, and then having to yeah. start to like itch into those questions. And yeah, I think there's definitely been a little bit of that of people being hesitant um, mm. uh, or people, people wanting to come and see her, but then also people being hesitant um, and sort of just giving us space and sort of being guided um, by us, which has been, um, nice that people have been respectful and understanding, I think, of of the challenges um, mm. that we're facing with that and sort of us ourselves not necessarily knowing um, what we want to do and how we want to do it and with advice sort of changing a little bit. And, mm. yeah. Mm. It's, but, but you're right, though, Alex, it's um, this last six weeks, um, because it's slightly different to the hard lockdown and not quite full freedom yet, it's sort of that limbo mm. area where you can see people are already starting to 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 be a bit more lax about things but um yeah it's sort of a, a bit of a holding pattern at the moment it's a bit weird yeah yeah and people might expect you or put or maybe even put pressure on you to be like okay cool well you know let's bring her out and about yeah. and you're like hold on a second <laughs> she's yeah. been completely mine for a bit exactly yeah exactly yeah and I think there's always that fear that you know oh gosh what if she catches COVID like mm. what, what will happen and you know like that's that, that is still kind of a real fear, I suppose, um, in our particular situation, I think. I feel like, you know, we're adults and we're vaccinated, so we feel sort of yeah. less fearful for ourselves. But, yeah. you know, little babies, they aren't. So it's, um, yeah, just managing that risk and what we're comfortable with and, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then seeking those advice from your doctors as well and seeing exactly. what is what is the research at the moment? I do know mm -hmm. that there was a lot of, um, I was looking before that there was a lot of research to the long, obviously no one knows the long-term effects and things for the infants, but at the same time, like the short-term, the social and health and well-being of like the brain development, has that sort of been on your mind? I think not, um, not so much in these very early stages. I think, um, especially, well, speaking personally, Al Eloise is a speech pathologist who's, um, who's worked with NPEDS before. So I think mm. we're, we're sort of not, not ahead of the game, but um, we're You're ahead of the game, yeah. <laughs> aware of key developmental stages and what we can be doing to, to help Hazel early on. And I think, um, I think when, when she gets older, if this situation is the same, it, that might cross our mind more. Mm. But I think with how things are at the moment, it's yeah. not really a concern. And I think like if she had have been born, say, last September... So she would have been one now, then I think that would yeah. have been more challenging because obviously social interactions with other babies her age and things um, at that sort of one, two-year-old age when they're talking and getting more interactive and things and, and they really benefit from that social interaction um, would have been missing. So I think it would have been a lot harder had she been, you know, born a year earlier. I think given she's just sort of six weeks old now, it's, it's probably the best time we could have had her, you know, having to have a baby in a, in a pandemic. Yeah, definitely right. You've got that nice six week alone time fully. And then now it's like you, you've given, you've given yourselves that time or you were afforded that time to think about what you want to do. Yeah, exactly mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. 
Beautiful. Let's go through some big time pros of having a baby. Like we've just sort of touched on one. Yeah, leading into that, the the pros, the biggest pro for me was um, I know that during the most recent lockdown, which was what the third or fourth lockdown, I've lost track, but um, (laughs) yeah, the the third biggest, I don't know. Um, But I guess I think from what I've heard, a lot of people felt that the most recent extended lockdown was the hardest. Um, But for us, it really, it wasn't because I mean, we're both lucky enough to have had employment throughout the whole pandemic that hasn't altered at all. Um, and I guess we've throughout this, this next stage of the lockdown, we've, we've really had the focus of the imminent birth of, of Hazel. So we, we sort of had a lot of planning to do a lot of background research we wanted to do and a lot of reading and, um, our focus really shifted to just be on that, which, which was more of a positive than wallowing on you know, yet another lockdown with no end in sight. Mm, so, we could have had yeah. our time filled quite nicely yeah. with, with this positive um, topic and planning and research, which was fun and exciting as opposed to yeah. sort of being, you know, stuck at home and nothing to do and whatnot. So I think that was definitely a massive positive, positive for sure. Yeah, mm. don't have to think about the wineries to go to. You've got things to research <laughs> and other things to keep your mind occupied with. <laughs> Was it sad not having things like a baby shower or did you have any sort of celebration at all? Yeah, we ended up, uh, my girlfriends ended up doing one virtually for me. So it was over Zoom. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was good to have something um, and just to see people, even if it is on the screen and and celebrate a little bit. But, yeah, it, it would have been nice to obviously have those sorts of celebrations um, in real life and seeing people in person. But yeah, certainly I, I really can't complain. Um, having one online was, was nice just to have something, I think. Oh yeah. No, genuinely it would have been amazing regardless of how it happens, I guess. Like yeah. you said, it's good to have something at least and sort of taking the step in that celebratory, it's happening, it's happening direction. Yeah. yeah. And I think, um, I think one thing we both noticed was that the news of you know, having a baby and all oh, the baby's nearly here and then the news of the baby's born really seemed to create a lot of joy and, and happiness for other people um, yeah. at a time where they're sort of, you know, feeling down with lockdown and those sorts of things. So I think we both definitely noticed that it it created a lot of positivity for other people who weren't necessarily in a great headspace with the pandemic. So that was nice. Yeah, that's really nice. I know that me, myself, um, I know Chris and Eloise from work, they're customers. And when you guys come in, just like the energy you bring from this new baby or even when you were pregnant, Eloise, it was amazing seeing you. And you were just in this beautiful glowy bubble that you allowed us to come into with. And I think that that's, I think that's also tribute to you two as well for like letting people into it and, you know, sort of shining your light on them as well and that's helping them but yeah I loved it I loved it (laughs) (laughs) no worries all right we're just going to take a quick break and we're going to listen to one of our sponsors here thank you hi I'm Freddie from Freddie's Kitchen let's get behind Radio Karam go Karam
Hello, my name is Océane. I come from Martinia and you are listening to Radio Carom. Thank you for that break there. So, Chris and Eloise, I want to talk about Hazel specifically. I've already mm. asked how she's going and she's still nice and quiet and asleep in your arms. So far, so good. <laughs> so far, so good. Love to hear it. Um, so, we sort of touched on before about the developmental side of Hazel in this um, instance, but babies going forward, it is, I think, as Chris said, you are, I think, a step in front that Eloise is a speech pathologist so that you can sort of touch into those. But did you guys find that you did have sort of stress and anxieties about that specifically or that wasn't where those anxieties um, laid? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think just given that... um you know, we sort of had a later in the pandemic, I suppose, I think our anxieties were more around kind of the hospital situation and, and the actual birthing process and could Chris be present? You know, was I going to be alone? Mm. Those sorts of things, I think, um, were probably the main cause of a little bit of anxiety um, leading through. Um, and then, yeah, obviously she's just tiny little at the moment. So mm. the social side and things like that, I think, um, we're lucky enough that with things opening up, um, she'll be okay with those yeah. sorts of things. And yeah, they'll come. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she'll have opportunities for that um, moving forward that won't set her back or anything. So I think, yeah, really around the hospital sort of stuff, birthing stuff was our main um, anxiety. And how did that all pan out? Um, yeah, really well, actually, luckily. Um, so she ended up being breached. So she was basically upside down. Um, and didn't seem to turn the whole pregnancy. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, and she didn't. Um, so we ended up having to have a planned cesarean. That's um, the safest way to deliver a breech baby was the advice we got. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we went in and had the cesarean um, at the hospital, and thankfully at that point um, Chris was allowed to stay. Um, we were in the hospital for about five nights, so provided he didn't leave the hospital. He was allowed to stay the whole time. So wow. it was a long, long five days in a room. It almost felt a little bit like a quarantine. Yeah, but... genuinely. <laughs> um, can I, I want to throw in some um, just ad hoc advice for anyone, for, <laughs> especially for males who go into a five-day stay in a hospital room. I wish someone would have told me this. It's very minor, but um, I think it'll make a difference to someone out there. <laughs> um, the heating, The heating in the rooms is set really high um, for obviously for the babies when they first come out and you can't alter the heating in your room. Oh. So um, I had, a, I had of course, you know, tracksuit pants, hoodies, dressing gown, everything ready to go. And it was so hot in there. Um, board shorts and a singlet. <laughs> make, make sure you pack them for any, any male out there listening. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you, could you request it or it was just a consistent no. across the rooms? It was like, deal with it, Chris, you're going to be sweaty. Just yeah. deal with it, Chris. Just deal with it. <laughs> They're like, you're, you're, you'll be fine. A little bit of heat, you'll be right. Eloise is about to have birth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any games or anything that you would have brought in there, Chris, knowing that you could, or if you could do it again? No, there was no time for games, Alex. Oh, my gosh, time. really? <laughs> no. no, it's funny how fast the days go, actually. Like, mm. you think, oh, 
a week in a hospital with a newborn, you'll be watching TV and have all this time on your hands. But no, oh, it's nurse very after nurse. Mm. you're learning things and you've got a crying baby. And, yeah, it, um, it's like um, it's like you know that everyone says life can be just waking up and then planning what you're having for your next meal. Um, yeah. Which I mean, with for a baby, the next meal can be in the first couple of days and weeks, every two hours. So you're really sort of going yeah, from meal, meal to meal and and planning for the next and working out how long it's been since the last and yeah, yeah. oh my trying to think nothing without breaking the neck and yeah. legs and <laughs> all of that yeah, yeah. literally my bliss ignorance at the moment listening to all of this <laughs> it is crazy you guys are incredible all parents are <laughs> so I want to talk about your jobs now um let's start with you Eloise speech pathologist how long have you been doing that so I've been a speech pathologist for nearly seven years. So I started in paediatrics, um, so with children, and then I moved into the hospital system about five years ago. Um, so I work mainly with stroke patients and dementia patients um, who have uh, language and speech difficulties and also swallowing um, difficulties. So. Yeah, that's been um, different with COVID in the hospital system and mm. all of that was, was challenging with all the PPE being pregnant. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. So you had to wear all of the PPE and you were still essentially required to go into work as well? Yeah, definitely, yep. So we, um, as part of the allied health workforce, were essential. Um, so, you know, the physios, occupational therapists, social workers, dietitians and speechies were all... Um, all essential. So yeah, we were in um, full PPE at, at one point and um, that was during the 2020 lockdowns and then it sort of eased a little bit and then um, obviously the face masks have been going the whole time. Um, and then just before I went on maternity leave, the requirement changed to wearing the, the special N95 face masks rather than just the, the plain surgical ones. So the, the N95s I'm sure is anyone who's worn one knows it's very uncomfortable mm, to wear heavy duty um, yeah to wear all day um in an office and on the wards is is quite a lot and difficult for breathing and things when you're already short of breath being pregnant so thankfully mm. I just missed that when I went on maternity leave oh good how long is maternity leave um, so I've taken 12 months. Awesome. Yeah, so I, I had two weeks off before she was born and then, um, yeah, we'll go back at the start of September next year. Yes, beautiful. This might seem like a silly question, but I'm imagining you mm-hmm. um, working with your mask on. Do, yeah. How does the patient you're with or the client you're with, are they wearing their mask? With um, Yeah, so in, in the inpatient setting where I work, they, they didn't have to. Um, if they were in their room, they didn't have to wear a mask. Um, but if they were leaving their rooms, they'd go to the physio, um, to see the physio in the gym or something like that. Um, then they'd have to, we'd, we'd ask them to put their mask on. And obviously, if, if they medically were well enough to do so, then then they would put their mask on, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. I was imagining you trying to do speech pathologist things yeah. with masks on, with your clients. I'm like, mm, I don't it's know It's a great question. We get that a lot, actually, and it has really been challenging. Yeah. Um, and I think also because where I work, it's a lot of geriatric patients, so sort of over 65, um, and a lot of them have hearing impairment. And if you know anyone who is hard of hearing, they often lip read yeah. what you're saying. So 
um, having the face mask on obviously just removes that added layer of communication support. So it's been really challenging, particularly for those older patients in terms of just day-to-day -day communication with them. So yeah, definitely using a loud voice and whiteboards and writing things down yeah. and you know, the nurses are all doing a great job. Oh my gosh, and um, lots of patients. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So, so good. Are you planning on going back to that job um, eventually or just sort of playing it by ear? Yeah, I think we'll see how we go. So I was in a full-time full -time role. So, yeah, I mean, the plan at, at the moment is, is to go back in a year into that role again. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just see. See how things go, I think. <laughs> you can always have best laid plans. But, yeah, who, who knows how we'll go with Hazel and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Okay, Chris, talk to me about your job and how you still manage to do it from home as well. Yeah, so I work at Monash University in the um, philanthropy team. So I'm a development manager, essentially um, fundraising for our university initiatives and research um, through um, through our alumni network and through trusts and foundations uh, and so on. So yeah, I've I've been with Monash since uh, the end of nineteen. So essentially the whole time the pandemic's been running, mm. I've been at Monash, and I think we worked out the other day that. 80% of my first two years was um, was working from home. So um, quite a challenging role to do whilst working from home. Obviously, it relies fairly heavily on on meeting with people in person and developing relationships and presenting on um, what the university is up to and, and where, where the support is needed. So um, that's been been challenging. Um, there's been a lot of grant applications that I've that I've been writing in the in the background and, mm. and not so much in person activity but the university's been fantastic there's obviously some um some concerns around how they'd cope with the uh, lack of international students um once the pandemic hit so yeah. um yeah it's been it's been challenging but um I think Monash were in a pretty good position beforehand to be able to weather the storm uh, and we're coming out the other end now so um yeah I, I guess we're both lucky that we've been able to hold positions that are fairly essential and, and for larger organisations. So um, Yeah, and yeah, being good. like well supported by both your workplaces through That's a pandemic right. and a baby. Very nice. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes, very good. All right, I'm just going to jump to another quick break. We'll be back in a second, guys. Oi, 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 oi. IGA oi. is shopping nice. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA, for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Caram. Tune in and enjoy. Okay, Chris and Eloise. First question, bit of a fun one. I want to ask why you guys get flat whites. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not like froth? <laughs> Good question. Um, I've been drinking coffee since I was, I don't know, 14 or 15. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I find that um, I used to drink lattes because it was, you know, the, the cool thing to do. Lattes used to be the cool ones, but yeah. I feel. But um, 
just too much too much wasted space at the top with all the foam. So um, <laughs> a flat white just it's still creamy and it gets to the point and you get maximum coffee. So yeah, um, that's no that's fuss. Coffee is very important right now. Yes. Oh, yeah. I Make sure you fill it right up, Alex. Okay. Yeah, I can. Exactly. <laughs> Take a sip and I'll quickly fill it up again. <laughs> um, just going back, drinking coffee at fourteen. What? <laughs> Yeah, I think um I had um a stepfather who always used to um percolate his coffee in a in a coffee percolator and I just got to tasting it and um yeah, just sort of whenever sort of parents went home I'd um have a coffee before school. Oh my <laughs> um, sometimes after school, probably unnecessary, but I've always liked the taste of coffee. Yeah, and you would have gotten that taste really quickly. I reckon it took me twenty two years to get to the taste of coffee and like really start <laughs> to enjoy it, which it is now. Yeah. I think I'm even later than you, Alex. I was about 25, I reckon, and Chris got me onto it. It's an expensive <laughs> habit. Yeah, it is yeah. an expensive habit, particularly if you've been yeah. drinking it since you've been 14. Yeah, the, the amount of times, Alex, that I've said, do you know how much we spend on coffee? Um, <laughs> especially especially when we're justifying it by saying supporting local business for the last two years. <laughs> <catchphrase>. um, yeah. <laughs> Catchphrase that's almost a second mortgage for us at the moment. So, <laughs> literally, and it's like I don't mind spending a little bit more on this like handmade bag that I could get for much cheaper. It's supporting businesses, you know, like small business. Right. We, we can't get out for winery lunches, so it's coffee every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, exactly. All right, guys, hit me with some recommendations. Yeah, I've um, as as you may know, Alex, um, recommendations come. Thick and fast when you're about to have a kid and then after you have a kid and um, <laughs> there are some really good ones. Most of, We've found so far most of the cliche things are true, like you can never prepare yourself for what's coming and, um, you know, get some sleep now because you won't sleep later. All of it's true. <laughs> um, but we've got some, we've got some practical, um, practical tips. Um, I think there's obviously just an abundance of information out there and, um, you know, you can go, go down a rabbit hole when you start Googling different things. Um, so I think that the my key bit of advice and where we both liked starting on this journey was starting with one reputable source to create a baseline of getting a general understanding of what's what's coming your way. So we um, we started with a book called The Modern Midwife uh, and it was just a, a British midwife who's been, you know, in, in a profession for a long time and she literally goes through everything from pre to during to post, just what to expect, what type of procedures might come your way, um, developmental stuff. It's, it was just really good to get a foundation from the one. We, we, just, we just listened to an audiobook when we were driving um, and it was just a really good way to, to avoid being overwhelmed later and, and having disjointed information later on. It was good to get that baseline and then just having that to um, and you can develop it further if there's a topic you're more interested in or want more information on. Mm. Um, we thought that was a really uh, good way to approach it for us. Um, and and it's all um, evidence-based as well. She's, you know, got sources in there and, you yeah. know, so it's it's um, it's up to date with current evidence, I think, um, which is good because some of the things can be a little bit outdated or different mm. different approaches depending on which midwife you speak to. So, yeah, um, yeah this was all sort of current evidence-based stuff, which was really yeah. good. And there's, there's so many uh, so many contentious issues and, and topics through pregnancy, post, postpartum. I mean, um breastfeeding versus formula feeding, all of that's those sort of topics that come up that it can be a little bit contentious. I think it's good to get some factual information before you, um, you know, are bombarded by every other expert out there. Mm, um, absolutely. 
everyone will give you their opinion. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Good to make um, your own and have that base, as you said, and then look elsewhere and build on it, but still having those factual things behind you. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other recommendations, I think there's a couple of other books that we really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I particularly enjoyed the book. Um, it's, it's titled The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read. Um, it's just about how you react to your children and how you can emulate uh, the parenting style that you received as a as a child and how that can be detrimental towards your own child. So it's about breaking that um, that cycle of um, no. you know, that, uh, toxic parenting for some and just bad behaviours that can um, can really harm your child and 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 hinder their development. So I think mm. that was a really good one um, for me and and. Yeah, and I think I I, um, I liked both of those, but also um, raising girls who like themselves. Um, I found that we we knew we were having a girl. Um, so yeah, I found this book and um, yeah, it just talks about how to how to raise strong, brave, fierce girls and um, how to navigate that in today's society where there's lots mm. of you know cultural pressures on on girls to look a certain way and act a certain way and those sorts of things. So, so raising a strong girl um, who likes herself, basically. Yeah. I, I found that a really good one. Music to my ears is that book. I might have to read it myself. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Beautiful. Any other recommendations? Obviously, we've got board shorts and singlet to hospital if you're getting locked down there as well. But was there anything else to do with pregnancy or it can be anything else that you've been listening to, doing any recipes? Ooh. I think in terms of pregnancy, I think just generally, um, you know, as much as you can, continuing to look after yourself during pregnancy really helps with the recovery. And I, when I say that, I mean both sort of physically but also mentally. Um, you know, I, I um, was seeing a psychologist during pregnancy and particularly coming from a miscarriage as well, and I just found that um, mental support and strategies um, for that was really, really helpful and, and then also keeping up physical exercise and things like that just meant I think overall um, was in a better position in terms of getting through the pregnancy in a pandemic and then giving birth and then navigating life um, postnatally in a pandemic as well so I think yeah looking after yourself mentally and physically is really important. Huge one absolutely. Okay last question for you both what is your gut feeling for both of you next? It can be now it can be long term but what are you sort of feeling what's coming for you oh I think <laughs> trying to survive the next year <laughs> yeah uh, new baby Absolutely. I think um yeah I think this is a tricky one because I think we're probably trying to be in the moment um yeah. really and just enjoying Hazel in in each of her stages um and seeing her grow and develop is really fun so I think just being really present um parents throughout all of that um, and then no doubt, I'm sure in a year we'll mm. turn to thinking about maybe number two. I have no idea. Maybe. But, <laughs> but Alex, um, I'll give you the tip. It's uh, it's thinking thinking about having a second child whilst you still have um, <laughs> only six months old. <laughs> it, it kind of scares me. Um, then sends shivers shivers down my body. It could be um, one and done. It could be one and yeah, done. Yeah, and that is absolutely fine. <laughs> No, fully live in the moment. Um, you guys are amazing. Hazel is amazing. She hasn't even done a little <laughs> peep or a hoot or a smile. I can... No, I can't believe it. <laughs> I 
Maybe we'll stay on live for like three more hours and you guys will be able to relax. (laughs) I think she likes it. No. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, we are done here. Thank you for dropping by with me, guys, here at Radio Karam. I will talk to you all soon. Thanks all for listening and we'll see you later. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having us.